Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Chris Rosini, our co-host. Chris, welcome to the program. Great to be with you again, Dr. Paul. Yes, and it looks like it's a good day because our president's getting better. He's working, <laughs> yeah, he says he's in the White House. Yesterday, he took care of the recessions. No more recessions. We can't define it, so you don't have it. <clears throat> so we don't have to worry about a recession. And today, we have something new coming up. And uh, he's worked it out where some of those Democrats that were arguing among themselves on exactly how much taxes they should raise at a time and what they should do. And that was the uh, big argument uh, uh, with Biden and uh, uh, Manchin on the in Inflation uh, Reduction Act. Well, you know, uh, that's wonderful. So we, we need to in reduce the inflation. Uh, they, they didn't claim they'd solve it as quickly as they did the recession. That was just a swipe of the hand. But they're going to reduce it. But, Chris, you haven't been watching politics as long as I've had. But you're a, you're a good student, and, I, and you are already very astute to not believing everything you hear from the government. Matter of fact, I've recognized that you don't believe a heck of a lot of what the government tells us. <laughs> what about when they come up these bills? Because I think you even knew the lecture. I always gave, gave a new employee that came to my congressional office. I said, you, you, got, you guys have to help me out to make sure I know what's in these bills and tip me off so, you know, our rule, we're going to obey the, const the Constitution. And I said, but your job is easy. All you have to do is read the title. Mm -hmm. And you'll say, oh, yeah, like I Inflation Reduction Act. That sounds good. No, no, that's not the way you do it. It's the opposite of everything they say in the title and everything they say in their speeches, you know, and on and on. So we live in an age uh, when uh, truth uh, is, is exempt from sticking its nose into the business of government. <laughs> and so we're, we're going to talk a little bit today because all of a sudden, Manchin, who's uh, an independent, I, I don't know uh, where he's going to come down on most things, but in this one he switched. He was holding this bill up, uh, the big tax bill here. So he, he held the bill up, but all of a sudden he, he switched and, and he got together with Schumer and they're pleasing the president, even though some people are unhappy because it's not enough. As a, just, just, just a little addition to what they've been doing into the many, many trillions. Some of them are unhappy. They say, you're not even a trillion dollars. Just, just $700 billion is a sextant package. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to wait. We'll get up to the trillion before, before this thing is finished. By the time it gets through the Senate and the House, it'll be a trillion dollars. And uh, so, so it, this, this is a game we play. They explain. So we just have to go along with it. But uh, the uh, 30, there's uh, 30, $369 uh, billion dollars about dealing with the tax program, tax laws and collecting more revenues. You know, like giving money to the enforcers, uh, you know, the, the gun people at the IRS, the people who collect the money, you know, like the old days, how the people came knocking on the door. You will pay. And uh, so they figure always, and they do this all the time. They, they say, we're going to have more, uh, more audits and collect more revenues. We got to get the government's money. It's not the people's money. It's all, they're not stealing. Uh, we got to get the money yeah, because that's the government's uh, money. So uh, the, uh, the, bill, the bill they just passed, uh, 
you know, and to talk about uh, no more uh, recessions, and they changed the definition in the stock market. The markets loved it. I don't believe the people in the stock market really believe it, but they believe there will be enough people doing it that the markets are going to move in that direction, and maybe in a week from now they'll do the same thing in, in the opposite direction. But uh, it's, it's, uh, it, it's just something that they, that they do, and they pretend because they have to do it, but the neat thing that's happening is the propaganda and the fibbing and the lying and giving all these numbers out, they're less effective on the average person. I think COVID has done us a great service because the people, a lot of people, have awakened and they look at this and say, this is a bunch of nonsense and they're already worried about the next, next epidemic. But they don't worry about the money. It's always some, some excuse for this. And the, and the one thing about this whole mess that we're listening to now and what we listen to constantly is inflation is a big deal. And they call inflation prices going up too fast. They think they need more money to pay the bills and that would solve the problem. But the one thing that is very, very rarely mentioned is how this inflation comes about, even though you could probably, and we've done it, I think, on this program, Chris, we could sit down and name the, uh, name the suspect. Who caused the inflation? Oh, it was Putin that did all this. You know, he's he's at fault. He's he's the one that messed thing up because uh, he he put sanctions on the oil equipment. He won't export his oil, which is exactly the opposite of of the truth. So it's it's a, it's something that they they do and they know about it and they talk about it, but they do not talk about where the real source is. You know, when when the government spend money and they run up debt. In the last, uh, you know, years, you know, with COVID and the war going on in, in Ukraine, uh, tremendous deficit. You know, the debt in, from 08 up until this year has gone up triple from 10 to $30 trillion. And it's all put in there. They say, well, the GDP looks pretty good. Of course, they take debt, measure that, and say, oh, that's GDP. The, the, the Democrat or the <coughs> politicians spent the money and they bought tanks and that's in their agenda. Oh, the, uh, our agenda is up, you know, our revenues are up. So the GDP must be up because we spent this money in the industrial <coughs> complex. So this is, this is the way they operate until, you know, the markets, uh, even though a lot of people catch on and that is very good, but ultimately, the invisible hand of the market knows when it's way out of whack and you just can't do it. And not doing something about it is worse than doing something about it, but doing something about it is worse than not doing anything. So they're, they're in a bind, and that's what they're doing. And that's, that's why they're fussing, as if this bill or changing the definition of a recession, that, that's not going to do it because they still won't talk about a very, very simple matter, and that is, what is the unit of account that we do all this measuring? What is that unit? What, what, what is the monetary unit? Oh, well, we don't have one. We don't have one. We, we pretend it's the Federal Reserve note, but nobody has ever seen value in a, in a note. It's a piece of paper or, or a fiction on a computer. So they, 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 they do this and they, they think it's going to solve this problem, but the market's in charge. That's how the Bretton Woods broke down and said, you can't pretend that the dollar's worth $35 at an ounce because they had printed too much. 
we've been doing this. We've been getting by without a lot of, you know, price inflation in the consumer realm. Uh, even though the statistics were unreliable, it was only recently that the people, the shoppers, the people who had to buy groceries, buy gasoline, have recognized, uh-oh, there's big trouble out there. So we'll ask Mr. President about this. Is this serious? Oh, it doesn't even exist. Go away from me. Don't bother me. I'm sick. You know, there, there's no problem. <laughs> so they send it back. But Chris, uh, I think I know what side you come down on. And I think you sense there is a problem out there. That's right, Dr. Paul. And, you know, um, much like those people who are unfortunate to live in the Soviet Union, uh, you know, it's easy to find out the truth when everything that the government says is a lie. So, you know, I was out yesterday, and I, I was just checking my phone, I see Inflation Reduction Act. And the first thought in my mind is, oh, geez, they're going to make inflation even worse. And I didn't have time to look into it at the time. And when I got home, then I did look into it. And of course, they're going to make inflation worse. 700 plus billion dollars in government spending. I mean, that is the problem that we're facing. You know, we had all these trillions and trillions of dollars printed up by the Fed that the government spent that it did not have. And now we have all this money sloshing around chasing fewer goods. And we have fewer goods because they did those useless and harmful lockdowns, which shouldn't have never been done. So you have all this money chasing fewer goods, but then they're going to make it even worse than that. They want to raise taxes on corporations. Now think about this. If you need, have fewer goods, you need more goods. Well, how do you have more goods? You have to expand your production. Well, how do you expand your production? With your profits. You need your profits to expand and to create more, to bring down inflation. Government's going to steal that away and go and waste it you know, on themselves. So it's all inflationary what they're doing. Of course, they're going to make it worse. All you have to do is look at the name of the bill. And it's really a sad joke, but we have to live through it. Very good. And uh, since they don't talk about uh, the details of the money supply and they have a difficulty defining, you know, what a dollar is and what the unit of account is and difficulty reporting honest statistics on CPI or whatever. If they get tired of reporting some things like right now, technically they don't report M2, but you can still keep tabs on it. They used to re have a monetary number called M3, which was more inclusive, and they don't report on that anymore. They uh, say that that is not necessary. But I did mention uh, that our national debt is going up and that gives you a hint about what's happening and uh, from the 2008 until now it went from 10 up to 30 trillion dollars a significant increase and a big deal but well that's that's not uh, increase in money supply is it oh well let's look and see what happened on the money supply in uh, in 2008 <coughs> M2 uh, was 7.5 trillion dollars a heck of a lot because that was in recent years that was uh, it was it was created but you know with with the recession of 08 the qe operations the seriousness of that inflation which was already started before covid and we had covid and the busybody still didn't have enough actions and they thought well this is a good time to get the military budgets built up and we we do know that uh, we spent a significant amount on on the military and a lot of people in Washington are worried about this. The Hawks are worried, Democrats and Republicans alike. And they say, well, the Russians are coming and they're building up and they're saving money and they're making profits. The Chinese are our enemy and we have to do this and that. 
But if you take the top nine countries, uh, the largest countries in the world, and you add up what they spend on their military, uh, we still spend more. And yet they are still able to use this uh, to intimidate the American public to think that if you vote against one penny, matter of fact, Rand had a bill in there, and he couldn't get people to vote against one penny on each budget, and nobody would vote for that. So they, you can't get them to vote again one penny down so they get <clears throat> they get it and they vote for this and they continue it and that of course is increasing the money supply and uh, they say well but we have not had inflation we have not had the cpi going up as fast as other times because the cpi is is uh, it comes about with a little bit of market forces involved and productivity has something to do with it but nevertheless if you inject artificially fiat money to the tune of trillions of, of, of dollars and in these last uh, de decade or so, we've, it was like 14, 15 trillion dollars. It will have an effect, not immediately and not always universally, but somebody said, well, what's wrong with that, Ron? They, they increase the money supply, your value goes down, your prices go up, and everybody is happy, except for the fact that the money does, doesn't ever get distributed like that. The wealthy have first access to it, so they spend it when it still has a greater value. And they, they have access to it. And the people in the middle class and down the line, you know, they get to spend it when the prices are starting up. And then when they do, then more prices uh, keep going up. And uh, the one thing I remember so clearly reading Human Action was Mises made the point that if you embark on a system that we're talking about and continue to talk about is you wipe out the middle class. And I would say the middle class right now is not very happy. You know, they say, well, we were not too long ago. Interest, uh, mortgage rates were very low and everybody could have a house. Well, right now they can't even pay the mortgage without paying much interest on there. So they, they, get, they get to do this and yet the cost, all of a sudden that changes. There's a slump because of the overbuilding. So the middle class starts losing their houses. And now you're seeing people homeless. And I saw churches trying to help the homeless by offering them about a thousand square foot box house, not much bigger than a dog house. So this is the tragedy of this. It was predictable. They know about it. And the real sad part is we know what causes the mess and we know what to do about it. But nobody's quite ready for that to take care of it. That's right, Dr. Paul. And, um, you know, liberty and prosperity, uh, the amount of it is the inverse to the size of government and the amount of tyranny that they impose and the, the poverty that results from it. Well, we started out as the freest country in the history of the world, and amazingly, in just a few hundred years, we now have the biggest government in the history of the world. I mean, what a story, and what a swing in the wrong direction. It's unbelievable. You know, and we focus a lot on the problems. You know, if you have the biggest government in the history of the world, you, you know where to go to uh, point out where the problems are. But we want to also be fair and provide solutions. You know, we can't just point out problems. But the solutions, people at this stage and, you know, the ideas that people believe, they do not want to hear it at all, neither the politicians themselves and many people. You know, but the only way, if you want to reduce inflation, is to do the exact opposite 
of what they're doing. Government spending must be cut drastically and not cut like, oh, we're spending more, but uh, a lesser, a smaller percentage than last year. No, it must be cut to the point where the politicians are sick to their stomachs. That's how much it has to be cut. And taxes need to be reduced drastically so that all the creativity that is just pent up and ground into the ground right now can come out and, and uh, you know, increase the production that we need. That would drive down prices and the Fed, you know, stop printing money. But there is no appetite for this, not in Washington, not for the people who depend on Washington. So it's very easy to see what's going to happen. Things are going to get much, much worse economically. You know, and the best way I can understand it personally, but I think it's a good analogy, it, it's, uh, it operates like an addiction. Uh, it's a collective thing because everybody's uh, addicted to easy money and low interest rates, believing that's the source of great wealth. Well, it turns out it's the source of great tragedy and sadness and bankruptcies and loss of liberty. But usually when it's discovered, it's a, it's a little bit too late and it's, it's very, very difficult. But it's so tempting to accept the free lunch. But right now the discovery is there that uh, something is wrong and, uh, and, and the country is going to get a lot poorer. And we're involved in, you know, the welfare state, the corporate state. We're involved in these wars that are going on. We have an empire we can't afford, and it's going to end. So I wish more people would be prepared. They should be prepared personally. They should be prepared psychologically and intellectually and get as many other people to join in because it's not going to be easy sailing. It's going to be rough for a lot of people. But the answers are not complex. If a person understands what liberty is all about, they say, oh, yes, but that is too complex with a world like this. I said, yeah, but you can adapt rather quickly. What if I could wave a wand and say, guess what we have? We have a free society. There's no income tax. There's no inflation because we'll have sound money. We have no bureaucrats in Washington because they have no constitutional authority, and they don't, certainly don't have the brains to tell people how to live. I would think that would be a pretty neat place to live, and your contracts would be honored, and uh, there would not be this class warfare going on, and the struggle over political power, because all of a sudden political power becomes uh, so so valuable that uh, that is the whole process, and then we get into all this uh, undermining of our justice system. That, that of course, right now is one of our major tragedies going on because can, can you believe what the government's going to tell us? Are they, so, so we say, oh, all right, things are going to be okay because the Department of Justice, uh, uh, the uh, FBI, and whatever we need will be on the side of justice. It doesn't work out quite that way. But one thing they did in this bill I think is important to mention and, and that is uh, they're writing into it a guaranteed worldwide uh, tax, 15% on a tax uh, on corporations, the large corporations. That's the minimum tax, which really doesn't sound too bad because, you know, they're making a billion, billion dollars. So there, it's an easy target. But for some reason, those kind of things backfire. And sometimes, uh, you know, some countries don't pay and other ones get stuck with it. And they have to pay pay for other countries have to pay for it, but that it's 15 percent. But it's a, it's a global tax and it's a global agreement for for this. And uh, that it's the way it's coming about that is so bad. 
But uh, once again, if we had that society that I dream of, where we're an independent nation and it, people in the country are independent-minded and they get to keep what they earn, we wouldn't be dealing with the details of the global tax, the UN tax, the IMF tax, but the most vicious tax of all is the tax where they just print the money. Uh, they don't. They raise tax and revenues to pretend they're, they're, they're like a business and they collect revenues, but it, it isn't. The real, the real payment comes from the <clears throat> devaluation of the currency. Even back in World War II, they had us, I remember, saving stamps and putting them in a book and getting a bond, all for the war effort. It was only a very, very small fraction of the war it was paid that way. It was paid for by pr printing money. It was a devaluation. So it's a, it's a tool that's used to expand government when they have to. It's part of the secrecy of government. And then when you talk about increasing the money supply, it's done in secrecy too. And I have always argued that if we knew more about the Federal Reserve, the more people would say, let's get rid of the Federal Reserve. But uh, even though we've made some progress in that, you know, it is not audited. But what... What, what's, a, what's a big deal, they say? We don't audit the Pentagon and we don't audit the CIA. That'd be pretty neat to find out exactly what they're doing. And, uh, they're, they're, but but uh, the market is going to handle this. This eventually will implode. And therefore, all the malinvestment and all the mischief will be totally removed from it. But there'll be, have to be something set, set up. Now... In the process, because there will be fighting and clawing away at what's left, uh, we have a big political crisis, uh, you know, that's going to erupt, and we've seen it on our streets already. So that is, that is a major problem that we have, have to deal with. And if, uh, if we don't uh, do something about that and, res and restore order, of course, that's a lot, lot worse. But the goal should be to seek... Uh, seek Seek the purpose of a free society where individuals are the important thing. An individual is not important because they belong to a group and they, uh, are in, they inherit rights because I'm a member of this group and, and do, do such and such. But uh, that is not it. Your, your, your rights come in a natural way and they're individual. It's not, they're not collective. And we had a taste of that in this country. The founders understood it. And therefore, that is where the answer is, is to be found, because this system is not, not going to continue. But I do want to thank everybody that tunes in and listens to our program and are enthusiastic about trying to shrink the size of government. And uh, I, I can understand why people get a, a little frustrated, because how can we ever overcome this monster? Well, uh, especially it's difficult because the purpose of our enemy, which are the cultural Marxists, is to cause chaos in the streets. So some of the dumbest things that they come about, why in the world would they do these kind of social warfare that they, they set up? And that's exactly what they want. People say, why are they doing this? And then get the arguments going and get chaos. You know, defund the police, for instance. Yeah, that's brilliant, especially when there's a lot of crime in the street. But, uh, no, the chaos is there and the breakdown is there. And uh, the Marxists believe that is necessary. It's proper because that's how they rebuild uh, a truly Marxist society that will last a lot longer than the last one uh, they, they tried. So this is, uh, this, this is 
uh, should be seen also as an opportunity for us to get in the debate of what is it going to be replaced with. And we should have the advantage there because I think the, the understanding and the benefits of liberty so far exceed the authoritarianism of all these dictator states that I don't know why we ever lose the debate. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.